0: There's absolutely no way when I lose $100,000 because of one wrong button clicked that I'm gonna wake up the next day and do it all over again. No, I'm gonna go cry. I'm gonna go give up. And so I think having this identity that knows it belongs where it's going and that there's a reason for all of this which goes toward confidence is identity. I think that's what helps a person overcome each of these
1: obstacles and say, it's just part of it. What can I learn from this? I'm on this journey with me week when you join me, we are going to chase down our goals, overcome adversity, and set you up for a better
0: tomorrow. In I'm ready for my close-up.
1: Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited for you to meet my guest today, Arman Asadi. Armand's mission is to democratize wisdom. Holy cow, that's ambitious. He is the co-founder of Stino, a stealth AI startup and host of Flow with Armand Asadi. He is also the co-founder and CEO of Project Evo and founder of Asadi Ventures. Armand bootstrapped Project Evo to multi-seven figures and raised over $1 million crowdfunding for the Evo Planner, which was crowned the most funded planner of all time. He also created the Elements Assessment and Brain Type Assessment proprietary personality type tests taken by over half a million people. I need to take that. As a consultant, Armand has been the chief strategist and copywriter behind 13 different seven-figure launches. He has helped his clients generate tens of millions of dollars with his strategies. And that's why I'm so excited to have you here today, Armand. Thank you for being here.
0: (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Heather. I've never had my bio read to me quite like that,
1: actually. (laughs) that feels feels, feels good. I mean, it's pretty ambitious, right? The mission to democratize wisdom. What does that even mean?
0: Yeah, um, figuring it out as I go. I, I think what it really means is helping people kind of tap into this combination of ancient wisdom, which I tend to have this very philosophical disposition toward life, uh, combined with being a human being in 2021 and needing to make money and have freedom and find fulfillment. And so to me, there's this intersection of fulfillment and joy and money and success. And the way we look at that through the Western lens that I think is a little foggy for most people. And I think it's become very convoluted and confusing, especially when you look at this whole technology age that we're in. And so I think that that for me was a grandiose enough overarching sort of theme that I could at least point my compass toward. So I was like, that makes sense to me. That's something I could really commit my life to. That's a a mission to me. But what I do along the way might be creating technology startups, writing a book as we were just talking about, Mentoring people, it could be a whole host of things, but I think that's kind of the overarching mission statement.
1: Well, it's very impressive. But what I like best about you is that you're very relatable because you were not always someone who was trying to democratize wisdom or take on these massive missions and really, you know, these deeper understandings. You were more like how many of us grew up with challenges and traumas. And I was hoping you could take us back to how you started out.
0: Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. I think that is why I'm sort of able to understand the commonality in terms of life journey that I have with other people, because I think we all share it. Regardless of our background, I really don't have this elitist thing about, you know, trauma and who's been through more is more <laughs> kind of awakened or anything like that. But for me, it was really just a very challenging upbringing, very challenging upbringing, a broken household, two parents that I love, that are wonderful people that were just absolutely not meant for each other. And so it was like World War Three often. And it was a very challenging sort of divorce for me. I was heavily involved in the whole process, whether that was sort of by choice, by my own sort of natural personality dispositions to wanting to create harmony and wanting to find the peace and wanting to be the bridge. And at times also in a very forced way where there was absolutely sort of a choiceless choice of being in the middle of all of this. That combined with just not having money, you know, being raised by a single mom. My dad was giving like 70, 80% of his check to my mom. It still wasn't enough. We had no money. I have had experiences of having food brought to the house A lot of difficult stuff that I haven't thought about in a long time, honestly. A lot of difficult stuff. I was broken emotionally. I was not healthy emotionally. I had no escape outlets. Even though I would go and play soccer, I could never quite find joy there. But all along, you know, we kind of, through a a Jungian psychology perspective, we refer to this idea of the self. Um, And the psyche is this very spiritual idea. And myself had this voice always in the back of my mind just sort of barely barely clinging on reminding me of one thing and that is that you have this potential that is untapped and that this suffering there is a part of this story here that will justify this suffering it will allow you to relate to people it will allow you to understand the conditions of life that people have gone through many of which have gone through 10 times worse than myself in other countries. You already won the lottery, I would think. Just being in America, being in this incredible place, like being born in California, what a place. And yet at the same time, knowing that my suffering was real, but that it would be worth it and that it would teach me something. And it has taught me a tremendous, tremendous amount. I mean, the level of conviction I have, confidence, willpower, dedication, conscientiousness, toward these goals, which at the same time, I'm not incredibly attached to, like I don't give a shit how things actually go. It's given me a lot and it's made me a very philosophical person to the point where now I'm sitting in this position where my mission is to democratize wisdom because I have thought deeply about some very strange, challenging things that we all at some point in our lives go through.
1: Wow. So how do you go from being this young man growing up in this really very challenging environment to suddenly becoming an overachiever, or at least it looks that way on your resume, right? Be, oh, ending up at Google.
0: Yeah. a Great question. You know, I honestly, like, I thought therapy was for people that were like serious emotional, mental issues. Like that was, I think that's just the stereotype, right? In America, it's actually not the stereotype in many other parts of the world. In Argentina, 85%, I'm totally ballparking this, but it's like at least over 80% of people see some form of therapist or psychologist. It's celebrated. It is looked upon as like, you got a doctor for, you know, you got your orthopedist. Well, you got to have your therapist. Like keep that brain healthy. Keep those emotions healthy. I looked at this as like a whole, wow, that's for broken people. I was judging it and stigmatizing it just the way everybody else did. You know, two years ago, I started seeing this incredible, again, back to, I'm very interested in this branch of psychology that was created by Carl Jung, this form of psychoanalysis. And I just find him to be absolutely fascinating. So I wanted to find somebody that specialized in that form of therapy. And when I kind of started peeling back the layers of my onion, which I've never done before, and I was like, you know, my best friend actually pitched me pitched me on it. He was like, you know what the best part about seeing a therapist is? It's like someone basically has this file cabinet of your life and nobody else has to know. And it's just sitting there, not an actual file cabinet, of course, but like literally just sitting there going through all the layers of your life mm-hmm. and giving you a space to just think through. It could be the on the micro level what's going on today, or it could be holistically, big picture, macro level could be something from the past. I was like, all right, yeah, there's nothing nothing to lose there. So So anyway, what I'm getting at is I began to sort of peel back the layers of this onion. And she was like, Armand, the fact that you're sitting here is actually kind of a miracle. I said, what do you mean? She's like, look, we've been going through these sessions now. I've been listening to you for, I think at that point, it was like maybe eight to 10 sessions in, eight to 10 weeks in. And she was like, You're not a drug addict, you're not an alcoholic, you're not homeless, you're not bankrupt, and I don't understand why. How did you do this? How did you escape your reality? And she's still, by the way, asking me this question at times. (laughs) Two years later, because it's, and I think that this is something that's internal within all of us. We all know that one day we're going to die. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. It's taboo just the same way as therapy is, but that awareness can provide such an incredible sense of fire deep inside the belly of a human being when they are aware of and meditate on their mortality. And I think that I have always had this awareness that I have one shot to leave it all on the field regardless of my circumstances. And so my circumstances, rather than turning me into a victim, which, according to my therapist, should have, because they were so overwhelming, I somehow squeaked through. And you know, I had no escapes. School wasn't one of them either. School was a terrible place for me until I got to college. And I even just to even get to college, I had to go to a junior college, community college, and then my dream was to transfer to San Diego State because I just had this feeling. I was like, I need to be in San Diego. And when I got to San Diego State, my life really started to change. And for some reason that I can't explain, I mean, I could explain it if I try, I fell in love with learning. And since that moment at about 20, 21 years old, like my life has not been the same. And there's been many of these moments, right? These moments of enlightenment, awareness, ahas of some kind. And that one was really big for me because I fell in love with the idea of hard work, learning, curiosity, openness, conscientiousness. And and I haven't looked back. And that landed me a job at 3M, which this was in 2008 when no kid was getting a job at all whatsoever. Like all my friends went back home or worked at Starbucks. And I got this like incredible, you know, job with crazy benefits and my own car and my own credit card and my own everything. (laughs)
1: more calm, and relief from discomfort after physical activity sounds good to you, you should explore CBD. Don't miss this massive sale and get up to 30% off your order. Visit cbdistillery.com and enter VIP. That's cbdistillery.com and enter VIP at cbdistillery.com. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Are you tired of the stress and chaos of live launching? Who isn't, right? But if you've tried going evergreen, you know that's not the solution either. Hello, low conversions. So what's the answer? The Circuit Sales System is designed to make sales for you every single day, while giving your audience all the excitement of live launching without you ever having to live launch again. What would increasing your current yearly revenue by 40 times look like for you? Okay, nobody's making any income guarantees here, but that's exactly what Nikki did for her business when she developed her circuit sales system. The circuit sales system is the automated system that combines the best of both live launching and evergreen with none of the worst. Think high conversions and high predictability without the chaos or risk. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalessystem.com confidence. Get the free on-demand video training at circuitsalessystem.com confidence. When I started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling my group coaching on the regular and it is just so easy, all because I use Shopify. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com/slash Monahan now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/slash Monahan. No matter what stage you're at, they're going to make it easy. In the middle of the Great Recession. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then that led to getting recruited to work at Google. And I just kind of haven't looked back, but then that went on its own journey as well, where I was like, oh no, I'm an entrepreneur. And I eventually decided to leave Google. But the point is to answer, you know, your question, it took an incredible amount of, I I honestly don't even know what to call it. It's, it's, it's a connection to the innermost part of my being is the best way I can describe it.
1: Okay. That's very hard to understand. However, I can tell it is your truth for sure. And, I have not had all these aha moments that you're explaining that you've had across your life. However, you just made me very hopeful that you never know when those things can come or if your child can become an avid learner in his 20s, which thank you for that hope that I now have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. Because you just kind of chase your curiosity and I had no curiosities. And instead I would just kind of numb myself and be like, that's ah, not worth it. I remember really, really clearly Heather Like until that point of making the commitment to just going all in on my life and becoming the best version of myself, I always would imagine this like crossroad, just this intersection. I'd be like, well, this way would be really easy and I could just chill and get a simple job and not work that hard and but be okay and not have to really stretch and expand myself. And this way I know is going it's like it was it was a red pill, blue pill moment. And I just saw it. I was like. This other path of seeking truth, of incredibly hard work, sacrifice, will be more fulfilling along the way. And I just made that decision and I went that path, knowing that like once you go, there's no turning back.
1: (laughs) It seems on the outside looking in, right, just looking at your resume, that you just had success after success after success, that it doesn't look that hard on the outside, especially coming out of a Google and having the success that you even had built there. Did it feel that way for you?
0: Did it feel easy and like one, no, no, not at all. it's still really, really hard. I mean, I, I, I say, you know, I say this all the time, but I think like Elon Musk described it best. He said that his friend said to him, uh, starting a business, starting a startup is like chewing glass and staring into the abyss. I fundamentally believe that running a business, a startup of any kind, launching an enterprise is one of the most challenging things a person will ever do in their lifetime. One of my best friends is a uh, scientist. Pharmacogenomics is his specialty. Worked at Pfizer and now he started this incredible personalized medicine startup. One of the most brilliant people I know. And him being CEO and founder of his company, he says is the hardest thing he's ever done. Harder than being a scientist. And so no, it hasn't been easy for me. I don't think it's easy for anybody really. And I think if they tell you that they're probably lying or they're one of the outliers that got really lucky. Um, And that's cool, too. But my life has been one of overcoming challenges, learning along the way, developing wisdom, expanding my skill set and becoming extremely confident as a result of that.
1: When you look at the different things that you've had success in, is there a recipe to what you project or plan for or is it different with with each one of these, these different situations you've taken on?
0: The only sort of commonality that I can find if there was a through line would be curiosity. So I think that skill of developing my curiosity, being highly open, being extremely open has its drawbacks as well, because very open people tend to be very anxious as well. I luckily don't have that, but they they tend to be very anxious. And so you know, the more creative types, the more they want to seek and input more and more knowledge and information and art and everything, they, you know, mm-hmm. there's this trade-off. Everything has a trade-off. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, practicing being really grounded, knowing that the next venture is going to be really hard, but being really curious, wanting to approach it like a student and go, all right, cool, I'm in a new arena, e-commerce, what do I need to learn? Who do I need to know? Where do I start? and treating it like a student. I mean, it's fucking, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but it's insane. Like YouTube to me is one of the greatest technological revolutions of all time. And then you combine that with like Khan Academy where you can go and learn the basic fundamentals that I was half asleep for during school, like microeconomics, like knowing how microeconomics actually works has been incredible for me and when you combine this process of learning and stepping into a new venture a new arena right like right now the the latest company that i started called stena it's like rooted in artificial intelligence i know absolute i knew absolutely nothing about artificial intelligence i knew absolutely nothing about speech to text platforms and how these processing functions worked why they worked at all in the first place i have absolutely no development background i cannot code a line of You know, nothing for a website. But I can learn. I can learn anything. And I believe that wholeheartedly. It's like a belief system. So if there was any one through line, it would be this curiosity. But no, it's building blocks all over from scratch every single time, whether it's AI or e-commerce or podcasting is actually not easy, as you know. Like writing a book is not easy. Getting a book deal. The only thing there that really supported me was this I'm just going to try to make the best decision I can. And I take all the knowledge, like when I wanted to figure out, should I traditionally publish, hybrid publish, self-publish? I went to every author I knew, talked to them, extracted the information. But I also realized that when you ask people questions, they're just projecting their own biases and at times their insecurities. Like I don't want you to be a traditionally published author like me and make more money than me and sell more books than me. And they're, they could be your best friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oftentimes, oftentimes, it's the people closest to you for sure.
0: Yeah. So you got to be careful. You got to stay curious. You got cur- to be careful what you take in. But I think that the strongest factor, I was listening to Serena Williams' tennis coach last night, and I think you can apply this to anything. He was like, if you don't actually believe that you're better than the person that you're basically up against or that you deserve to win that trophy, there's absolutely no chance in hell that you're going to win. And that belief system of I can learn this and I can do this is what gives a person the diligence and hard work to overcome the obstacles when they show up. Because if I believe that I'm just going to give this a shot and I have a plan B ready to go, there's absolutely no way when I lose $100,000 because of one wrong button clicked that I'm going to wake up the next day and do it all over again. No, I'm going to go cry. I'm going to go give up. And so I think having this identity that knows it belongs where it's going and that there's a reason for all of this, which goes toward confidence is identity. I think that's what helps a person overcome each of these obstacles and say, it's just part of it. What can I learn from this? I just move forward quickly now when these things
1: happen. I agree with you there. Moving forward quickly, especially when things go wrong, taking action definitely helps to Start figuring out or start the process around which way we're going and, and how do we move forward? What about, you know, you have interesting skill sets that you've developed, like the copywriting, you know, and, and having success in that. How do you not just leave behind success or or do you just leave it behind or, or how do you incorporate it into the new endeavors or, or things that you're doing?
0: Yeah, that's such a good one, too. You know, it's it's funny because, like, I have this skill of copywriting and I could easily just be the guy. Um, you know, I've been recognized as the guy. I could literally have endless deal flow, where I charge people fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars for this much work, and have a little agency and just basically be free. But I choose not to because it's not in line with my with my truth. And instead, it was just a sort of skill set that I developed because I couldn't sell my products. I was an entrepreneur. I was a solopreneur trying to get my life going and make some money initially after leaving Google I was like, this, this isn't converting. My offers aren't converting. My products aren't selling. And I accidentally stumbled upon copywriting because it was I thought this is the most valuable thing that I can control. It's a skill set where it's repeatable. There's an art to it. There's a science to it. I can learn this. I can integrate it into all of my businesses and if I don't I can have the most incredible product or service in the world but if it doesn't translate to why this person needs it and how it's gonna actually help them, it's dead in the water, like it's done. And I've seen so many good ideas die, Heather, like so many on the client side, like when I work with people, I'm like, holy shit, you've got a brilliant product here, you've put millions of dollars into it, and it's not working. It's, because it's genuinely because of copywriting. But I integrate that, and I just take that as a skill set in my tool belt, and I just kind of move on to the next thing. And so, Steno, Project Evo, my podcast, my social media, like all of this stuff integrates all of the previous experience. But just not everyone from the outside, you know, can necessarily see that. So, no, I think every single skill set, every single venture, I just think of them as, as building blocks. And you don't always know, I don't always know how it's going to, to work out or where it's going to go next. But, you know, running a startup for me for the first time, Versus just sort of being more independent as a solopreneur and only having contractors and only hiring people on Upwork. It was a completely different experience. Like it leveled me up 10x, you know, because when your environment becomes more challenging, then you're forced to become more resourceful. The books I've read, the people I've talked to and met, the difficult conversations I've had, the tears that have been shed, firing somebody that I really care about. Hiring somebody, you know, that I'm like desperately trying to recruit, these are all skill sets that just came over time. And each one I think just compounds over and over.
1: And you don't see any one of them as more important or impactful in your business today than another? I
0: think that the, for me, the skill set of actually being a real executive has been incredibly, incredibly powerful. An executive is such a broad term, but the jump from like a six figure business to a seven figure business is actually pretty big. But the jump from a seven to an eight, whether you're raising money, or you're scaling and you're hiring people is enormous and so you know a lot of people just float and dance in that six to seven figure region but leveling up and building like something much larger i i just think of as like an executive skill set right because it's like I, I might call myself ceo or whatever but it's really all of it how do i properly understand these financial statements when they're given to me what do i do with the information should i be optimizing for Operating income, what is the difference between operating income and EBITDA? How do I properly value you know place a valuation on my company? How do I do a 409A? Like all these things really are incredible as a skill set because now I feel that I can build anyone's company or start my own, and that's a different level of of power, I guess. So I think that's the skill set that's probably the most valuable. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a skill set as much as it is like just being a hard working person. I don't know many entrepreneurs that are just successful in a very easy sort of way.
1: I happen to agree with you 100% on that. So tell me, what are you most proud of after all of these different endeavors when you look back and, you know, what do you feel that, wow, this is the moment I'm, I'm really most proud of this?
0: I'm just proud of myself for not giving up, proud of myself in that way. And as far as things that I've created tangibly, you know, I am very proud of my elements assessment. I created a free assessment that gives people what I call their brain type. And I also created a more in-depth version of that, a full blown personality assessment that took four and a half years to build. And I put so much time and energy and perfection into every aspect of this and countless interviews with people to fine tune these results. And we still continue to do this. I have a partnership now with Syracuse University's business department, where we're doing another round of integrated this study, essentially, this informal study with their undergraduate and graduate business department to put them through this assessment, because the reason I created that assessment was because when I left Google, or when I was ready to leave Google, I was actually quite unfulfilled. I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, okay, well, I figured out how to be curious, I figured out how to learn, I figured out like how to be somewhat successful, but now what do I do? Like, who am I? What do I do best? And that basic question, who am I, what do I do best, led me to create this assessment so that other people, regardless of their age, which I think this is one of the most common, it's like a disease of our time, honestly. People don't know who they are mm. and they're drifting and they're just reacting to their environment. Oh, that's a cool opportunity. Maybe I should buy a Doge or maybe I should go into crypto in general or oh shit, you know, AI, maybe I should go that way. No, no, no. What is true to you? Like, what is your overarching mission? And what's the skill set that you bring? where you know if you step into that, you'll thrive, you'll feel flow, you'll be fulfilled. And that assessment to me is like gold. I review my own results all the time. People get like a 30-page report, but it's more than just like, here's who you are. It's like, well, now what? Okay, cool, I'm a relational architect, now what? And like, what's the blueprint to my life? So that's something I'm, I'm very proud of. And actually, speaking of our book, earlier when we were offline, like. The book I'm writing integrates that assessment. So that's what the book Unleashed will be all about, is the case studies, the stories, the, the what next after taking that assessment.
1: Is there one story or one person that you touched through that assessment that you want to share a story with us?
0: Sure. One of my favorite stories is, we haven't decided if we're going to reveal her real name or not, You know, obviously due to, due to privacy, I'll, I'll call her Jessica. So Jessica had a very, very rare form of cancer, extremely aggressive, and prior to all of that, was quite disillusioned as well, and drifting throughout life. And she calls her cancer her master sensei, her greatest teacher Mm -hmm. in life. Remarkable, amazing woman, like one of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my life. And her sort of learning, these aspects of her self that she had not been able to put into words before, is what an assessment like the elements assessment like mine does, is it takes these elusive parts of ourselves that we've never put language toward, and then the language makes it kind of tangible. It's like, oh cool, I can describe that part of myself. The reason I have strong boundaries with people is this. I have a disposition toward that. The reason I don't have strong boundaries and tend to take on more work than I should is this. Ah. And my skill is that. And they can finally put, like, I'm a chief. I'm a connector. Like, they can finally put language to it. And for Christina, it was, I I hesitate to use the word life-changing, but in many ways it was. It gave her a new sense of how to have healthy, proper relationships. And I think relationships are everything. And the assessment goes through every component, you know, of life. It's not just relationships. It's your career. It's a personalized approach to life. Because Jung, the guy I mentioned earlier, has a famous quote that says there is no one recipe to life. You know, the shoe that fits one person pinches another. So it's like getting our advice from other people about how to live doesn't necessarily make sense. That's why I believe in this personalized approach to living and thriving. So her her story is probably my, my favorite so far.
1: I love that story. And I like, I like that idea and agree with you 100% that giving, empowering people to make their own decisions, giving them the information and, and some ideas to move forward, but not saying here is the only way to go is so much more helpful in someone's growth. I know that you get asked all the time about mentoring, and I know that you're launching the new Solopreneur Academy. Can you share a little bit about what that is?
0: Yeah, it's basically for years, the num- I, I haven't had any product or service or anything outside of my actual companies. And so on Instagram, I've been getting asked over and over again about mentoring. So I finally decided instead of doing one-offs, which is not scalable, I would do a group live mentoring program. So it's on Zoom. It's this incredible group that I literally just launched this. Actually, it's funny we're talking like today, which is super ironic, but it's an incredible group of people. All the founding members are absolutely amazing. And it's live calls with me with Q and A, and they get access to all this kind of stuff, including my elements assessment and all kinds of video lessons that I've recorded over the years around essentially, how do I take my existing idea and my business and scale it if you're an existing entrepreneur? Or how do I take this new idea and unravel the mess of what it is to, to, to develop a startup? But it's, it's business, it's investing in money, and I also talk about personal development, self-development, but it's basically coaching and mentoring with, with me.
1: Where do people go to find out more information about the Academy?
0: DM me on Instagram. That's probably the easiest way. Just DM me um, and say, you know, you heard about the Academy um, or go to armandasadi.com. Arman
1: Armand, I'm so excited to see what happens next. I can't wait for the new book and just to keep following you and following on, watching your flow and your journey. Thank you for the great work that you're doing.
0: Thank you, Heather. You're awesome.
1: So are you, my friend. All right, everybody, check out the Solopreneur Academy. And until next week, keep creating your confidence. You could miss it. I'm on this journey with me.